This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Morning to State Senator Steve McClure. How much of Sangamon County, do you have any of Springfield in the district? Yeah, half of my neighborhood is still in the district. <laughs> and then a piece by the lake. And then a lot of rural Sangamon County, Riverton and all around Springfield, but and a little bit of Chatham as well. But most of it I lost in the district. And now we've got 10 counties, uh, which keeps me busy. 10? What's yeah. the furthest uh, county away or city that we'd recognize? Well, um, when you go just south, it would be Staunton. And then when you go south, East, it would be Effingham, and then I go up to a piece of Decatur, um, and then also we've got uh, uh, Petersburg, so it's pretty big. Oh, my gosh. Petersburg, Petersburg yeah. in the northwest, and, and the southeast, you go to Effingham? Yes. Do you have, like, all of Effingham, or does it make sense? The any- city, yes, but the counties uh, split up among three state senators. So how, how many district offices do you have to have, or do you have? So I've got one in Springfield, I've got one in Effingham, and I've got one in Litchfield. Now, how often do you get around to those places, Senator, when you're not in session? Like right now, the session's not going on. So I'm in my Effingham office this afternoon, and then I typically am in Effingham at least once a month, and then I'm at my Litchfield office every other week for a day. Okay, let's talk about Effingham for a minute. Do people call in advance or they know you're going to be there? They just walk in. And if they, if it's a typical day, what's is there going to be number one or two concerns they have? So if they call the office, they just, um, my staff will set up an appointment on a day that I'm going to be there. Okay. So it's pretty convenient. Uh, sometimes people stop in when I'm there, but typically what I do is I'll travel there and then I'll visit certain businesses that set up appointments and then I'll go have whatever meetings I do in my office and um, and then deal with anybody that comes in randomly. So it, it's I try to stay busy when I'm in either one of those offices away from Springfield. And then, of course, in my Springfield office, we've got appointments all the time. And I'm there, you know, every day just about. Do people have one subject, let's say in Effingham or anywhere in Litchfield? Do they have one subject that's more than others they're concerned about? It could be. It depends on if there's a big issue. Okay. Um Lots of times they just bring in a concern, and many times that leads to me filing legislation. And one of the bills I got passed this last session was a mom whose child has uh, special needs, and she couldn't get access to her child's medical records without having to go to court. And so this makes it so that she no longer has to do that, provide Governor Prisker signs the bill uh, soon. It's on his desk right now. All right, so when you... Let's talk again. I want to get to the cash bail because that obviously the courts made the decision uh, five to vote. I guess I didn't. No one surprised me because we know the makeup politically of the court. Uh, Unfortunately or fortunately, I guess uh, courts are going to rule based on philosophies the judges have. And at the moment, five of them have uh, more philosophies, more in line with Democrats. They do Republicans. What is going to happen now? What are the various scenarios that are out there, and why should people maybe, and you tell me, should they be concerned? Yes, they should be concerned. Nothing that the General Assembly has done in the last four years since I've been in office has made things better as it relates to crime. And, um, you know, first of all, the cash bail elimination will take place in September, and after the original Safety Act passed, which you covered a lot, a lot of local news media covered covered it a lot, there were some awful provisions in there, and uh, including you couldn't arrest a person 
for being on your lawn, um, all kinds of crazy stuff like that. As, as you remember, we had a big town hall where we talked about some of the major issues with that. That got statewide news coverage because I was interrupted by protesters who didn't want me to speak, this sort of thing. Well, after that huge ordeal and after this type of thing happened all over the state, amendments were passed, changing the Safety Act. So now you can be arrested if somebody um, is on your lawn, they can be arrested, things like that. So it's changed significantly for the better, but it's still a bad bill. Uh, One of the crimes that they did not change and amend was the fact that you cannot be detained in jail before trial for the crime of burglary. And think about, Sam, all over the state, uh, car burglaries, uh, people are stealing cars at a pace that's unprecedented in our state's history. Why shouldn't you be able to arrest a person, keep them in jail before trial if they are found to be burglarizing a car or burglarizing somebody's garage that's unattached and that sort of thing? So that's troubling. And that's going to start in September. And, um, you know, this is a real problem. And I got to tell you that when I read the Supreme Court's decision, I was not surprised, of course, but it's pretty shocking that the Supreme Court, two of which, two two of the justices, by the way, got a million dollars a piece from J.B. Pritzker during their campaigns, a million dollars a piece, decided that essentially uh, the legislature can change the Constitution, which If you read our Constitution, the legislature can't do that because cash bail is mentioned under the victim, uh, the Crime Victims Rights Act of our Constitution. In other in in other parts, it's mentioned. So it was a pretty terrible ruling, not based upon, in my view, what the Constitution says. But as you said, it's a very political court, and two of those justices who had they changed their votes, uh, the Safety Act would have been thrown out. But they received a million dollars each from Governor Pritzker. And quite frankly, they should have recused themselves from that ruling. Where do we go from here? Well, I would hope we go to, to make further changes to our state. Amendments, okay. Yeah, because it's it's not workable. It's just not workable. And you've got local governments now that are not going to get money that they would typically use, uh, that they would get from cash, that we get from bail. So you've got a lot of money that's not going to be uh, there for local governments. And you've got crimes like burglary, that you can't detain a person for which makes no sense. And it's bizarre to me every time that we're on the floor of the Senate, the people that are presenting these pieces of legislation have no experience whatsoever in criminal law, none. And a lot of times people will ask me, well, why would, you know, let's just say it's a person that works in construction and there's some weird bill involving construction. Well, why would a person do this? And the answer is because the people that are passing these, these bills don't have any experience in these fields. And yet they change our entire state, and things are not happening at a in a good way right now. And so it's it's troubling. State Senator Steve McClure is with us. What role or what latitude will judges have under this new legislation, this new law, if you will? Well, if a person meets the criteria for certain crimes, uh, you know, first degree murder, uh, residential burglary, et cetera, a judge can say, okay, you're a risk to the public. And so, therefore, we're going to detain you. Uh, Things like retail theft, uh, they're not going to be able to be detained for those types of crimes. And one of the the issues that has come up in the state of New Jersey, which changed their system, that is not present in Illinois, is that in New Jersey, um, if a person is released and, and they don't have to post bail and they're picked up again for another offense, 
a judge can say, okay, I, I don't think that you're going to stay out of trouble unless we do something to ensure that you're going to uh, obey the laws. And so then you can set a bail amount after they've been picked up on a second offense. In the state of Illinois, you don't have that option. Mm. Uh, if you're arrested for retail theft, you go out and you commit another retail theft, you're going to most likely be held. And so I think a better a better way to address that would be a middle ground where, okay, post a thousand dollars and then you can, you can go instead. There's no choice. So I think some of the, some of the discretion that judges have to maybe be uh, not so harsh, but in a fair way, make it so that a person is going to show back up for court and not commit offenses. That middle ground is not there, which is not, which is not good. Senator Steve McClure is visiting with us. Let's go and do a little physics class or civics, excuse me, not physics, civics. Uh, civics class. Illinois Center serve a term of four years. It could be four or two years. All right. Explain that, if you will. You were just elected, you were reelected or elected when? Just this past uh, just November? Just last year, yes. Okay, when will you re- seek reelection? Four years. Four years. Senator Turner just won in November. When is her term up? You know, four right? years as well. She's also got a four year. Yes. All right. How do some have two? Some have four. So every year um, that we draw a new map, which is once every ten years, yes, they do a drawing, and um, you draw your terms. So some people have four four two, some people have four two four, and some have two four four. So a third of the Senate has um, one of those scenarios. So you never want to turn the entire Senate over. No, that's, that, right. that's the reason you do it. That's, that's right. the reason you have three staggered steps. That's right. That's right. So every every um, every general assembly that meets after a, a new map, we're all holding our breaths. We don't want to get the two four four. Sure. And thankfully, I got the four two four, not the two four four. So when you, you you've got the four this time, yes. Then you got then you have what the two you say. That's right. And then the four, you got the four two four. Yep, that's right. All right. How concerned, I'm not concerned is the word, but there are obviously uh, certain people, especially downstate, your district and south, where sometimes a little more to the right uh, philosophically are challenging people like yourself. We see where Mike Bost, congressman, is going to be challenged by Darren Bailey, who ran for governor. Do you sense more of that? Is there that much of a philosophical difference south of Springfield or south of 70 or south of 64? What's going on? No, people are concerned about crime. People are concerned about taxes and people are concerned about the cost of living and government corruption. That's true no matter where you go in the state. The way in which the politicians talk to voters, though, is different south of I-80 versus up in the Chicagoland area. And that's not just true of Democrats. It's also true of Republicans. But you point out the Mike Bost Darren Bailey race, that's really not a philosophical difference. That's simply Darren Bailey wanting attention because that's all he wants in life is to get as much attention as possible. It has nothing to do with ideology. And in fact, Sam, uh, having served with Darren Bailey for a couple of years in the Senate, yeah. um, I can tell you, I don't know what he actually believes about anything. Uh, anytime we had any leadership meetings or any, any meetings as a caucus to talk about issues, Darren Bailey was on his phone checking his social media likes on his Facebook posts. Uh, I never I never saw Darren Bailey give an original thought about anything. All he has ever done is regurgitate thoughts that other, uh, other members of our caucus have addressed and said things. So Darren Bailey wants to get attention, and that's it. And so hopefully this is his last hurrah, and, uh, but we'll see. Um, 
it's pretty sad to see somebody like that who just wants to run for office for the sake of running for office. And if you look at it, he ran for state representative, he ran for school board, he ran for state senate, he's run for governor. Like five offices or four or five offices in just a few years, it's embarrassing. And I hope that uh, Mike Boss beats him and, and destroys him, honestly, because our party cannot win if we're divided by people whose only concerns are their own self-interest. And that's exactly what Darren Bailey is. How can the Republicans pick up seats in the Senate? Uh, well, number one, we've got to right, run the right candidates. Okay. And they've got to focus on the right issues. Crime is such a huge issue, and it's not going to get better after the Safety Act is, has been upheld. Uh, crime's a huge issue. Cost of living is a huge issue. And corruption. All the people that have been going to prison lately or uh, that have been indicted or found guilty, they're all Democrats. When one party has so much overwhelming power, um, it leads to corruption. It just does. And I think if we make the case to the voters that we're the leaders on, on fighting crime, we're the leaders on fighting corruption, and all of these horrible increases in our cost of living have occurred under Democratic leadership, both nationally and statewide. So we are the party with solutions. Unfortunately, we get caught up with candidates that are um, are not good candidates. And you know, look at look at this most recent race for governor. We had Darren Bailey was leading was losing in the polls until J.B. Pritzker spent thirty five million dollars in a Republican primary to get his selected candidate. That cost us races down ballot. So we can't get tri- tripped up with bad candidates that cause us to lose down the ballot. And so I think that um, with the right candidates and with the right messaging, we could be very successful, but um, we'll see what happens in the next election. A.M. Springfield, 28 minutes past the hour. State Senator Steve McClure is going to stay around with us till about 8 o'clock this morning, we hope. What's the rest of your schedule for the day? Just give me a little insight. So I'm going to the uh, Pena Hospital to meet with the staff there and to have lunch, and then I'm going to an Effingham County, Effingham Business to uh, be present for uh, IMA, which is going to uh, give them an award. Then I go to my Effingham office for meetings, and then I go to Dietrich uh, for a political event, I think, five or six. Okay, this one, Sender, texting. Uh, so when they say, so Steve McClure doesn't say senator, so that usually it's going to be a little critical. <laughs> when they start off with a lack of Referring to your title. So Steve McClure says, and I'm not making fun of the person, I apologize. So Steve McClure says the state can't afford the Pritzker cost of living increases. But he voted for the tax increase and voted against the grocery tax and gas tax holiday. Uh, Senator, it's all yours. That's not true. I voted for the, the holiday. You did? Absolutely. Both the gas tax and... The grocery tax. I voted for both the gas tax holiday and the grocery tax holiday. And I have a bill that I'm a co-sponsor of that significantly cuts the gas sales tax. Um, and so, unfortunately, we never got a vote on that bill. But did you, you voted for the gas tax increase? The original gas tax increase? Yes. Most Why? Republicans in okay. the Senate voted for that. How come? Because we didn't have the votes. So it, 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 came, it came down to this. Um our constituents were going to be paying the gas tax, period. They were going to be paying the gas tax. It was going to pass. It was going to pass. The question was, did we want to fight to ensure that our districts, our people, got um, roads, bridges, et cetera, or did we want to all vote no and have all these projects 
go to everybody else's district that happens to be a Democrat that voted for it, um, while our district was going to be ignored. Meanwhile, our constituents would still pay the tax. So I was fighting for to ensure that our our projects got funded. I think in the capital bill, look at my last Senate district, look at my current Senate district. We are getting taken care of. And, um, yes, my constituents have to pay the gas tax, as do I. I want to ensure that they got projects uh, as a part of that, and they are getting these projects. And so that was really what it was about. Did I want my constituents to pay as much gas tax as possible while getting as little benefit as possible, or did I want them to have a little bit less of a gas tax? Because if you recall, the first proposal for the gas tax was like 29 or 30 cents. So Republicans jumped in to negotiate, got that significantly down, and then ensured that our districts were taken care of because we didn't have the votes. It was just like the bill that passed right before that, which was the minimum wage legislation. Um, We tried to jump in and negotiate and say, can you just make it regional because Chicago, the cost of living is much different than it is in downstate. Can you make it regional? And they said, nope, we've got the votes. We don't need you. And they all voted for it, and not a single Republican voted for it, and it passed, and we were shut out. And our businesses have been pummeled, uh, and that's one of the issues, areas that they've been pummeled is on the salary increases that they've had to pay. So we decided to jump in. This was the next big bill afterwards to ensure our districts were taken care of, and we had to do it. Uh, and that's something that you do not to get uh, ticker tape parades, but it's something that you have to do to try to represent your constituents to get the best deal that you could. And so that's why we had to vote for it. Senator, I've got less than a minute. Um, uh, somebody asked me, they give me a name, and I've, uh, names, they give me names. A lot of Democrat members of the Senate vote pass or present on a lot of bills. Is that all prearranged so they don't have to vote on an unpopular that may be unpopular in their district? It depends. That's a great question for them. I've never voted president in my life. Um, I know that Barack Obama got pummeled by Hillary Clinton for voting president so many times. From what I can tell on the floor, if someone's going to vote president on the other side of the aisle, they have planned this, and that's their intention for the most part. I'm sure there are also cases where they just, on the spur of the moment, they hear debate, and they think there's good you know, good things uh, about the bill, there's bad things about the bill, and so therefore they're voting present. But typically, I think it's planned. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Uh, send me an email at senatormcclure at gmail.com. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Very good. Senator, always good to talk to you. Thanks for coming in. You as well, Sam. Thanks and a lot. Have a good one. We'll see you probably see you at the fair. Enjoy. Sounds great. Okay. Yep. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.